Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us, toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. Ezekiel chapter 1, with its detailed description of the four living creatures, is arranged marvelously. Once we begin to see the spiritual application of all of the details associated with the four living creatures, we realize how significant this sequence is. For example, it begins with the wind, the cloud, the fire, and the electrum. All figures or pictures of our progressive experience of God. Then out of these four come the four living creatures, each with four faces depicting aspects of Christ from his humanity to his kingship to his being a slave come to serve God and man and finally to his divine transcendency. From this point, we progress to the coordination between and among the four living creatures, a coordination very much necessary if we are to enter into the next main point, God's move on the earth for the accomplishment of his purpose. That's our topic today. Matt Miller here joining us in the studio to uh, fellowship. Matt, I have been impressed certainly by the sequence. Uh, It just seems so marvelous that it must again testify of the divine nature of the Bible itself. No man could write in this way, and yet uh, once it's opened up, it seems so clear and in a way so simple, doesn't it? That's right, Chris. Ezekiel chapter 1 is probably the most amazing chapter in the whole Bible. And you've you've mentioned the progressions there. And uh, even before the north wind comes in verse 4, you have the heavens of God opened to Ezekiel, where he sees the visions of God and the word of God comes to him expressly, and the hand of the Lord is upon him. And that's the beginning of this wonderful revelation or vision that we see in Ezekiel chapter 1. And today we've come to Life Study of Ezekiel, message number 9. Uh, the title is The High and Dreadful Wheels in verses 15 through 21. Those are the verses we're going to cover today. And it's really quite a progression that brings us to this high and dreadful wheel, which you referred to as a, as a picture of the Lord's move on the earth, which is, of course, what you need a, a wheel for is, is for moving. I think, Matt, to uh, remind our listeners that heard the previous program or to maybe encourage those who missed it to to come back and, and find it on the Internet, it's very much today's program a continuation of our previous one because what we saw in that program was this coordination, this marvelous attachment and this uh, unity reflecting the oneness of God's people, both with one another and 
there being one with God, that enables the wheel to appear in verse 15, which we're going to touch today, as you said, 15 through 21. So it's this coordination, this connectedness, this lack of ability to function independently and individually that enables God's move, isn't it? It is, Chris. And uh, it's amazing how you know, you see this uh, this wonderful coordination between the four living creatures, and that's not what we're on today, but it is the background, so we have to say a little bit about it. But you have these four faces. You have the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, and the face of an ox, and then you have them all connected by the eagle's wings. They each have four wings, two wings on each side connecting to the other creature, and then two wings to cover themselves, right. full of meaning. But those wings, they're all connected by the divine strength and the divine supply. And as believers in Christ, it's the, it's the divine supply. It's the Lord's grace that connects us. Otherwise, we could never be one with each other. The oneness really comes from the Lord's supply. And that oneness with the Lord's supply brings us into God's move. Let's look at these verses, Matt, in chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. Uh, I deleted a few of the portions, but so we get the main point here. And as I watched the living creatures, I saw a wheel upon the earth beside the living creatures for each of their four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship were like the sight of Burl. Whenever they went, they went in their four directions. They did not turn as they went. As for their rims, they were high and they were awesome. Matt, this is the spiritual picture given to us in the Old Testament. A couple of verses that Witness Lee uses to show us the New Testament application of this move of the wheel of God in his economy are found in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Now there were in Antioch, in the local church, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius the Cyrenian, and Menaean the foster brother of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me now Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Uh, One of those verses or passages that's easy to pass over, but we need to stop and realize this is really the move of the Lord, isn't it, among and in the church in Antioch? Absolutely, Chris. The Holy Spirit is setting them aside for the work, and that work is the Lord's moving on the earth, as pictured in Ezekiel 1 by this high and dreadful wheel. Okay, let's join Witness Lee as we're going to get into this matter of the wheel in Ezekiel 1. By the side of every living creature, there is a wheel. What does this mean? Ezekiel really has something peculiar. Old eagle's wings, the man's hinds, and the calf's hooves. Now, not only the fire going up and down, burning the coals, and shining through the torches, but now, beside every creature, there is a wheel, and the wheel is so high, so high that it's dreadful. What does this mean? Well, you have to take this as a picture. You know, we all understand a wheel is from moving. When you walk from the kitchen to your bedroom, to your living room, You don't need a wheel. 
But when you walk for a distance, you need a will. When you walk to do something to fulfill a purpose, you need a will. So the move by will is not ordinary, but something special, something with a purpose. You know, the four living creatures are not only for the manifestation, for the expression of the Lord. The four living creatures are also for the move of the Lord. The Lord moves on this earth by them. You know, when a church is proper, when a church really expresses the Lord, when a church really has the proper coordination with the fire going up and down among them, right away there is the move of the Lord with the church. So Matt, this great wheel or these wheels, it seems there's one for each of the four creatures, depending on how you look at it. These are for God's move. Yet uh, it strikes me, you know, the four living creatures, even apart from the wheel, are not immobile. They have these calves hooves and they have the eagle's wings so they can get around, which typify the normal, ordinary move in our Christian life and the ongoings of the proper church. But there is the time when God wants to make an extraordinary move, isn't there? And for that, we, we've got to have the wheel. That's right, Chris. And this is really an exceptional concept that many Christians don't understand this because they've never experienced it. They've never entered into the Lord's special move. But it's like you said, there is a moving when the four living creatures are coordinated. It even says they move almost like lightning, I think it says yeah. there, that they just go forward and backward. And, and they have eagle's wings. They have the, the, the hoofs, calves hoofs. So there is a move. But with a wheel, there's an extraordinary move. There's more moving. It's a special move. And, you know, I brought a quote from a, a book by Witness Lee, The Course of the Church. It fits what we're talking about here. And uh, Witness Lee's comment about this particular kind of move of the Lord, he says, When a person is graced with being part of one of God's special moves on this earth, it is the greatest blessing of his life. God's move makes an impression that he will never forget, and it becomes an unending source of supply to him. Whoever can participate in such a flow is most blessed. It's a great blessing for a person to be able to participate in the flow of God's work, the flow of revival, at least once in his lifetime. I mean, we're talking about a, an experience of participating, Chris, in the Lord's move, that if you just touch this one time in your whole life, it'll be a blessing to you your whole life, an unending source of supply, and you'll never be the same just by touching the Lord's move. I, I really hope our listeners could hear what we're saying and have a longing to touch these wheels, these high and dreadful wheels of the Lord's move. Throughout the church history, man, you look back, and even throughout, you know, even the history of God's people, Israel, before, in the Old Testament, before the church age began, we do see these periods, these uh, epic periods when God makes a major 
special or extraordinary move, as you're saying. And we read, you know, the accounts and we read the biographies of the great men, you know, that the Lord has used over the centuries at times like that when he has made a significant move. And it always stirs you up. You want to be in this kind of move. And as he said, uh, if we have the privilege to enter in and be part of a move like this one time in our life, even it will change our life. It'll be a source of uh, supply and encouragement for all of our days. Uh, You know, as we speak this way, maybe some young believers are listening, and uh, it seems like young believers particularly uh, get stirred up with this kind of fellowship and want to be in this kind of move. But a point that we're going to come to now in the program, Matt, is that Witness Lee brings it back down, I think, in a marvelous way to a very practical point, and that is that this move, this great wheel, this awesome or terrible wheel doesn't appear in sequence until after we have all these other aspects that we've touched. And that means there is this progressive, genuine experience that's required before we are qualified, really, to enter into God's move, isn't there? That's very good, Chris. I think that's a good lead into this next portion with Witness Lee. Okay, let's join him for this portion. If you are going to have a will standing by you, you need to be the proper living creature. You need to uh, experience the brewing of the Spirit. You need to experience the overshadowing of the Spirit. You need to experience the burning of the Spirit. You need to have a lot of electrum. You need to have the four faces expressing Christ in an eloquent way. And you need to have the eagle wings to move, to behave in a divine way, and you need to have the calves hooves to have a walk so sincere, so straight that convince people that it can recommend you to people's conscience. Then there will be, there surely will be a high wheel running beside you. And that is the move of the Lord. Look at the Apostle Paul. My, you read all his writings. You know, his name, Saul, means little. He was a little man. Yet, you know, with him, we just can see the eagle wings. With him, we just can see the calves' hooves. And with him also, wherever he went, there was my. A great will. Wherever we go, wherever we are, by having the eagle wings and the calves hooves, we could have a great will. This is for the Lord's month. Man, he, you know, he brings out the Apostle Paul as the example of what we're talking about here. In Ephesians, Paul said that he was what less than the least of all the saints. In Corinthians, he said that he didn't come with persuasive words of man's wisdom. Not an eloquent person, not a big person in stature. We don't even get the sense that he was necessarily charismatic, yet you cannot deny that God's move was with him on all the levels. And it was really because he was in the reality of this kind of ongoing experience of God, wasn't it? Yes, Chris. He was a person who really was expressing Christ. He said, for me to live is Christ in Philippians chapter 1 and Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ who lives within me. And Christ is being formed in me. In other words, he had a 
a deep experience of Christ. He loved Christ. He wanted to know Christ. That was his lifelong goal is to know Christ more in a, in a more intimate way. And as a result, the wheel was next to him. People want to be great. They have a desire to be something, but it really, it's not us. Mm. It's the wheel that's great. You know, don't try to be an awesome Christian, but try to be next to the awesome wheel. I mean, that to me is a big encouragement from Witness Lee to us, is that we could be next to such a high and dreadful and awesome move of the Lord. That's what's awesome. It's not us. We can only be associated with it, and what a blessing when we can. Boy, that's a good uh, focusing word, Matt, to to keep us properly uh, fixed on what the real priority is. So many times the thought is that we want to become an awesome a worker in God's work or in his ministry and have, uh, you know, something great associated with us. But really, there's nothing great associated with us. It's us being associated with the great one and this awesome and great wheel. That's where God's move really takes place. Amen. Matt, let's go to our last portion today. There's a couple more aspects of this wheel that we want to pay attention to. The rims of the four of them were full of eyes all around. That's verse 18. And whenever the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And whenever the living creatures were lifted up above the earth, the wheels were lifted up also. Wherever the spirit was to go, they went. Wherever the spirit was to go. And the wheels were lifted up alongside them. For the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. Whenever those went, these went. And whenever those stood still, these stood still. And whenever those were lifted up above the earth, the wheels were lifted up alongside them. For the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And one other short portion, Matt, that we'll touch here. And the four of them had one likeness, that is, their appearance and their workmanship were, as it were, a wheel within a wheel. Well, it may sound confusing uh, to our listeners who are not familiar with the passage, but Witness Lee will help us attach some more profound significance to these points in the portion just ahead. Then, another point. Such a high wheel full of eyes. Full of eyes. You know, in the move, you are full of eyes. You have the insight, you have the foresight, You have all kinds of sight. The more we move, the more we are enlightened. The more we move, the more we see. The wheel is full of eyes. As it goes, it sees. It stops running, it stops seeing. We see by going on. Christians are moving people. Uh, one more thing, very, very meaningful. That is what? The wheel looks like a wheel within a wheel. Within the wheel, you have another wheel. This means if the church is right, while the church is moving, in the church is moving, there is the move of the Lord. In your move, there is the Lord's move. And you have to realize the inner will is the source of power. The inner will is the motor to make you to move. If our move is genuine move, be sure that within our move, there is the move of the Lord. 
Matt, there's a couple of good points here. This matter of we want to be in the Lord's move on the one hand, but the key point here, it seems to me, is we need to make sure that the Lord's move is in our moving. That's right, Chris. And a good verse in the New Testament is James chapter 5, verse 17, where it says Elijah prayed fervently. And the Greek word for fervently, it says that he prayed in a prayer. And that's really helpful to understand the Lord's moving in our moving, because when Elijah was praying, he was praying, but he prayed in a prayer. And so when we move, the Lord should be moving in our moving. We should always pray, Lord, I'm going to speak, Lord, but I pray that you would speak in my speaking. I'm going to do this, Lord, but I don't want to do it alone. I want you to do this in my doing. Everything we do should always be in this principle of a wheel within a wheel. That really is the source of the strength of the move is not just the wheel, but the wheel within the wheel, which represents the Lord himself. And you know, another verse, Chris, that is a picture of this move of the Lord is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 and 25. And I like these because it relates to this awesome, this high and dreadful wheel of the Lord's move. And it says, but if all prophesy, this means they're all proper. Mm -hmm. All the Christians should be speaking something for the Lord. And some unbeliever or unlearned person, this means they might even be a Christian already, but they're unlearned, they enter. He is convicted by all. He is examined by all. The secrets of his heart become manifest. And so falling on his face, he will worship God, declaring that indeed God is among you. So I just feel like in a note to close here, when we're proper, when we're speaking, there's really a conviction that there's a wheel here. There's something awesome here. And there's a conviction and a realization God is among you. This is the proper Christian meeting. I remember reading the account as a young Christian, Matt, of the Welch revival. And in one account, there was a reporter that had been sent up from a newspaper from London because the word of the revival had spread even to the secular, you know, media in London. I think it was the Times of London sent this reporter and they're writing, trying to make an objective report of what uh, they're seeing in this meeting and all these people are getting saved. And the, the, the spirit came in in such a way the reporter got just caught up and convicted by the Spirit in the midst of his trying to make this objective journalistic account of the event, and he fell on his face in the midst of the meeting and received Christ right there. And that's what I uh, was seeing as you were reading that verse in Corinthians. It's that kind of awesome, fearful almost, terrible aspect of the wheel that really beckons us to be immersed in. You know, as as the quote you read earlier, at least once in our life, we want to be in God's move to that degree. So we need to give ourselves to all of these other aspects, experiencing him as the face of a man and the face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of an eagle with the straight feet. All these things will bring us to the association with this awesome and great wheel. Chris, I can only say amen because we're out of time, but I really hope this can be more than something that people think about in history past, but would pray that they could enter into this today for our present history. Really so. Matt, good fellowship. Thanks for helping out in the program today. We hope you'll be with us for as many of these coming programs as possible in the Life Study of Ezekiel. You can contact us about getting the printed messages. That toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-543. And for Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. What does it mean to love God? For in pouring out this ointment on my body, she has done it for my burial. Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done shall also be told. Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13. Mary received the revelation of the Lord's death through the Lord's words. Hence she grasped the opportunity to pour upon the Lord the best that she had. To love the Lord with our best requires a revelation concerning Him. The story of the gospel is that the Lord loved us, and the story of Mary is that she loved the Lord. We must preach both. One is for our salvation, and the other is for our consecration. Scripture, Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.